Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Absolute power. Corrupt. Absolutely. And welcome once again to another edition of the Master Plan. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. And it is that special day for everyone that is on this planet Earth. Everyone has a mother, regardless if she's with you or not. Living or somewhere else in the world, um, everyone always has a mother. And I want to make a big shout out to all the mothers out there. You do a hell of a job. Um, and you should be commended for that. And this is your day, your special day that you should be recognized as being a true mother in every sense of the word. Whether your mother is a good mother or a bad mother, she could teach you about life. Whether it's good things about life or bad things about life. But happy Mother's Day. And I will be seeing my mother a little later today. She's still on this earth, thank God. And uh, I appreciate every day that she is. I can see her lovely face. And a voice, hear a voice. All right, people. I am JT, as I said, and the number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again like I always do, 347-637-3220 is a place to be if you want to talk to JT. Uh, today is May 8th, and like I said, it's Mother's Day. We're going to be talking about the NBA, NBA playoffs, which is getting very interesting for a few teams. Uh about Major League Baseball, rookie camps, they had rookie uh, rookie mini camps um, this past week for the NFL. And uh, whatever else happens to hit my feeble little mind today. 
got a chat room sitting out there. If you'd like to jump into that chat room, you can do so. Uh, I always say it, what you put into it is what you get out of it. Question, comment, make a statement. You can do that. It's all in there. If I see it, I'll respond to it accordingly. uh, Without further ado, since I'm flying solo today, which is fine, um, I usually fly solo. One of my esteemed um, colleagues may call in, but if not, I'll be here. Uh, we have an hour. Uh, I may stay here for an hour. I may not. You got to tune in and uh, see if I'm going to be here for an hour. Let's talk about, and in no, no particular order, I may go all over the map. And I didn't say it in my um, in the episode info of the show, but I did want to talk about it. I didn't watch the fight. I had a brief synopsis on Teddy Atlas after the fight on ESPN of what took place. And for what I understand is, and this is what I talked about on the FSP show on 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday yesterday, that it's always, to me, it's always a problem. Not always, but to me, in this case, I thought it would be a problem for Amir Khan to move up and wait to fight um, – Canelo Alvarez in the middleweight division for the middleweight championship. And uh, it proved out. Now, for the first five rounds, the speed and movement of, of Amir Khan and the plan that they had was just the way his team had planned it. Then, in the sixth round, Khan made a uh, a mistake and the heavy favorite Canelo Alvarez connected with a monster right hand chin and that was it Alvarez brutally knocked out Khan before a crowd of 16,540 people on Saturday night at the T-Mobile Arena um and uh, like I said, that was it. Now, I'm not, well, let me put it this way. I, I do believe that Khan was uh, moving, stick and move, stick and move, using his hands. And I, like I said, like I said, I didn't w- watch the fight. I missed. I I really fell asleep. When I woke up, uh, the fight was over by the time I woke up. <clears throat> and. Uh, uh, Typical in my imagination, and I'm thinking that uh, because he had speed, I'm talking about Khan, and that he was able to move. He was doing, and I'm not saying he was, but he was doing something of what uh, um, a Muhammad Ali would do. Stick and move, use, use your speed, stay away from the big hit. Um, but like I said, he made one fatal mistake, and that's all it takes is one fatal mistake. One split second to leave yourself wide open to a heavy, heavy puncher, and uh, he got knocked up out. And then, surprisingly, Canelo Alvarez and his uh, uh, management, which was uh, Golden Boy uh, Productions, headed by um, Oscar um, De La Hoya, called out. 
Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, wanting to fight him, which I don't think is ever going to take place because I think uh, uh, Triple G will knock him. The, I don't think they want to go that route. I mean, it takes a lot of nerve after that. I, I don't know if it's a promotion or whatever or, or, or them feeling themselves. But the manager and co-trainer, Jose Reynoso, came to the ring ropes after the fight and pointed at Golovkin, inviting him into the ring. Now, a lot of people consider uh, Alvarez the new face of boxing since uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao, uh, since the retirement of Mayweather and Pacquiao. And uh, supposedly they're supposed to fight in the in fall based on a deal they made with the WBC. Under the Stein agreement, they were both allowed to take an interim fight. Golovkin knocked out Dominic Wade um, a few weeks ago in two rounds on April 23rd. And then quite naturally, just like I said, uh, Alvarez... Uh, knocked uh, Amir Khan out last night. So, but like I said, for the first five rounds, he had problems dealing with Khan's speed and and the way he moved. What are you going to do? Wait until the fall and see if these guys actually jump in the ring and face each other with an actual fight. It would be pretty interesting. Two heavy-handed fighters, middleweight champions, two heavy-handed fighters jumping into the ring and uh, to settle who who is the best man pound for pound um, in their respective um Division. And uh, I don't know if um, Alvarez wants any part of Triple G. I mean, the glove has been thrown down at the feet of Golovkin from the Alvarez camp. And now it's up to uh, the parties that be on both sides to, to get this deal to fruition. Will it happen? Inquiring minds want to know. Let me put it that way. If, if it will actually happen or if it's just a, a, a big hype job. You can only take hype up to a certain point and then you got to deliver. Because fans, fans are fickle. And they'll move on. If they, if they realize it's just all hype, they'll move on to the next uh, big thing, whatever that may be. All right, let's move on to talk about. Do I want to talk about the playoffs, Major League Baseball, NFL? I think I'll leave the NFL to the last. Let's talk about Major League Baseball and the resurgence of a team that I thought was 
going to be dead in the water. Had lost quite a few games, was one of the worst teams in scoring runs in Major League Baseball. But, and, and, and at the, at, and at the expense of their hated rival, the resurgent Yankees, unfortunately they're in last place, but I don't think that's going to last too much longer. Uh, The resurgent Yankees have won their last three games, really. They're on a three, three, they're on a three game winning streak against their rival, Boston Red Sox, who, believe it or not, the Boston Red Sox are one of the highest scoring teams, if not the highest scoring team in Major League Baseball in, in, in per runs. Um, they've scored to date, and let me just get this straight because I'm looking at it right now. They're one of the highest. They're not the highest. The highest is uh, uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, by a wide margin. Not a wide margin, but a, a comfortable margin. But, but, let me put it this way. In the American League, in the American League, the Boston Red Sox are the highest scoring team in the American League. And it's not even close. And the Yankees are next to last in the amount of runs they scored a game. So with a reshuffled lineup and a pitching staff that may have, may may be finding itself, um, they were able to pull, pull off the last three games against the Boston Red Sox. And I think they have one more game tonight, or today, I should say, and uh, they don't meet the Red Sox again until September, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but I, I, I think um, because they've had a home-and-home, home, I think they don't meet the Red Sox again until uh, September, which is a long way off. Um, along with that, uh, the um, Chicago Cubs who were the um, favorites to win the uh, World Series, believe it or not, with Joe Madden and the young um, young players that they have and the pitching staff that was put together uh, in Chicago have won their last six, scoring 180 runs. They're the top scoring team in all of Major League Baseball. And only giving up that this is a hell of a statistic. You got when I'm looking at this, I had to look at it twice because it's hard for me to fathom how this could be happening um, uh, through team defense and um, stout pitching has to be. Because the like I said, the Chicago Cubs scored 180 points or runs, I should say, not points, runs, and have allowed 79. 79 runs have been scored against the Chicago Cubs versus 180 runs they scored. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's good pitching and defense and uh, a lot of good hitting and timely hitting. 
Um, Joe Madden seems to work his Svengali type magic uh, with whatever team he he's uh, uh, managing. Tampa Bay, all those years he was Tampa Bay, and all those years that he worked his magic with the players that he had there. Now he has a ton of talent, a ton of talent, young talent. We're talking about young, young talent. Guy's been in the league one or two years. Uh, I think uh, Anthony Rizzo is the oldest one. He's 30. That's crazy. I'm everyday players I'm talking about. That's crazy. That you need these guys, uh, if they can keep them together, can be a uh, absolutely dynasty. As long as they stay together and, and, and stay healthy, these guys are just ri- hitting the tip of the iceberg in their uh, um, few years that they've, they've been in the league. That's that's sick. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, St. Louis Cardinals, um, who have been uh, steady participants in playoffs, are in the same division and. Pittsburgh's two games over 500. St. Louis is one one game over 500. Now, in those teams, St. Louis is one of the highest scoring teams. They scored 170 points, uh, 70 runs, I should say. So they're no slouches, um, and they're trying to get their ace back. Wainwright, Adam Wainwright, coming from the Achilles that he suffered last year, hasn't reached his stride yet. Soon to reach his stride as the weather warms up, and he becomes more confident and acclimated to pitching again uh, will be that much more effective with a high-scoring offense in the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, be interesting how it goes down, especially when you see that the Mets – now, now just, just, just check this out. Check this out. And I'm looking at it. The Washington Nationals, if they played in the – um, Central and if and, and National League Central, um, they would be second. Okay, they scored 133 runs, the uh, 91 runs scored against them, which is very good. But I'm looking at the uh, five teams that are in the Central, just the five teams in the Central. Chicago, like I said, it's 180 scored, runs scored versus 79 against. Pittsburgh, 146 versus 143. So uh, most of their games are very close games because uh, they score almost, they score just about as much as it scored against them. Their pitching hasn't kicked in yet. Um, St. Louis, 170 runs scored, uh, 125 runs scored against. So that most of the time their their um scores are probably high scoring games. Um uh Saint, uh Cincinnati Reds, hundred and twenty eight runs scored, hundred and eighty as many games excuse me, as many runs as uh 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 the Chicago Cubs has scored is the same amount Cincinnati has scored against them. And then the Milwaukee Brewers which is not too far 
they they have a tendency to score a little bit more, 138 runs, but they get the um, just about the same amount scored against them, 179. So it just goes to show you pitching. You need pitching. Now, the point I'm making is this. Washington Nationals are relying on their defense and their pitching for the simple reason they've only scored 133 runs. That's five more than the Cincinnati Bengals who, who have the worst runs scored in the Central. They're relying on their pitching and uh, their defense, mainly their pitching. The Mets, which I don't think they have hit in their stride, they're fortunate fortunate enough to be in the National League East. They've scored 129 runs with 86 scored against. So what's that telling you? You got those three teams, and I haven't even gone to the West yet, but those three teams, the Mets, the Nationals, and the uh, Cubs have all have had less than 100 runs scored against them. And there's no coincidence that those three teams are one of the best three teams in the National League because of their pitching. Because of their pitching. Now, if you go to the uh, West, San Francisco, um, scores runs too, but their pitching is suspect for the simple reason is this 161 runs scored is what San Francisco is at now 158 scored against runs against so that means that they're in a lot of close games too 2-1 4-3 5-4 something like that you got to believe that the Dodgers, who are in second place at 500, have had less runs scored against them by a considerable margin than the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, than the San Francisco um, Giants. For the simple fact, pitching, pitching, quite naturally, if you play for in Colorado. Anyone who plays in Colorado, they're in third place. There are two games below 500. 160 runs scored, 161 uh, scored against, meaning they're in a lot of close games because of their pitching. The Dodgers pitching is, is, is a little better. Um, well, let me put it this way. The Dodgers pitching quite naturally is better than any of the uh, other teams in the West because they've had less runs scored against them by a good margin than the uh, rest of the West. Now check this out. This is a, a I'm looking at this statistic and uh, you can see why the Colorado Rockies, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Diego Padres are third, fourth and fifth in their division. Colorado, like I said, 160 runs scored, uh, runs against 161. Arizona Diamondbacks, 141, which is respectable, 141 scored, 
163 against. Now, you would thought with the addition of Zach Greinke that the National League uh, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks would be uh, uh, better in uh, preventing runs scored against them. They're the worst in the West. They're the worst in the West right now. That's why they're 14 and 18, four games below 500. And the lowly San Diego Padres, uh, who are one of the worst scoring teams in the National League, third in, in least runs scored, 113 runs. And they played 31 games. 31 games they played, and they've only, only scored 113 runs. That's um, about three and a half runs a game. Three and a half runs a game. But it's not their pitching that's killing them. It's their everyday players. Because in the West, they've made, they've, they have 139 runs scored against them. So they scored about three, three and a half runs a game. And uh, they have uh, almost four and a half runs a game scored against them. So their pitching is is what's killing them. Basically, their pitching is what's killing them. They need to get shore up their pitching um, because obviously they they don't score that many runs. So uh, and their everyday hitting has to get a lot better. So, that's the uh, National League. Let's go over to the American League. Now, I talked briefly about the Yankees and one of the worst scoring teams in, in the um, in the uh, American League. Uh, in fact, it is the worst scoring team in the American League. Yankee, like I said, the Yankees have only scored uh, 100 runs with 121 runs scored against them. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, who sit on top of the division, just uh, uh, five games over 500, one game ahead of uh, um, half a game ahead of Boston, uh, have the least runs scored against them in the division, um, with 111 runs, and they score 123. The Baltimore uh, Orioles, um, the Red Sox, it looks like they, they may have. Uh, uh, 151 runs they score with 132 uh, runs against, and that's the worst. That's the worst in their um, division. All the other teams are uh, Toronto's 132 scored uh, versus 119 scored against. Tampa Bay, who is uh, one of the worst teams in all of Major League Baseball on scoring runs. 99 runs scored in 28 games. That's uh, three and a half games, uh, three and a half runs a game versus 104. So they're doing a lot of, they're getting decent pitching. They're not getting any run support. 104 runs scored against. Now that, that 
that is that's that's pretty good. But they're in a lot of close games, and because they're not scoring runs, um, they're they're getting beat uh, because scoring runs, and the pitchers are have to per- virtually pitch a um, a shutout with a chance for the Tampa Bay to win. Let's go to the Central, where the uh, world champion Kansas City Royals are sitting one game above 500. They haven't scored any runs. Tampa Bay scored 99 runs. Kansas City Royals, 98 runs, with 110 runs scored against. That's why they're sitting where they're at, uh, surprisingly, 15 and 14. Um. They can't can't score runs. They they better have stout pitching, um, in, to to keep them in games. Uh, Chicago White Sox right now has a very good pitching. They are um, haven't allowed ninety a hundred runs through the thirty one games they played. Have scored one hundred and twenty eight, which is a fair amount, decent amount. Uh, and guess what? That pitching makes a big difference, and 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 the acquisitions of uh, um, um, Todd Frazier, who who can hit the long ball, maybe not for average, but he can uh, knock some runs in, uh, and that uh, improve improving um, um, pitching staff keeps the uh, opposition at bay, with an opportunity for the offense of Chicago to score some runs, which they have. Cleveland Indians, who are uh, um, Terry Francona is the manager. Excuse me, are are fourteen to thirteen, just over five hundred. Have scored one hundred nineteen and against one hundred and two. One of the better against. In the in the league, um, they they too have to score a little bit more runs to um, uh, uh, be able to overtake the uh, Chicago White Sox. Detroit Tigers, they're in a lot of close games for the simple reason that their ace Justin Verlander hasn't pitched well. Uh, for one, uh, the offense they scored 128 runs. But the runs against is 133. So uh, they're in a lot of close games. They're sitting in fourth place. Uh, like I said, one game under 500, 14 and 15. Uh, the lowly Minnesota Twins. I don't know what's going on with the Twins. Um, they're pitching. That's what's going on. They're one of the worst pitchers, pitching staffs, um, if not the worst pitching staff in all of baseball. And definitely uh, one of the worst ones in, in the um, American League. With 157 runs scored against versus only scoring 105 runs. Come on. They've only won eight games. Eight games out of 30 that they played. That's ridiculous. Every other team in this league 
with the uh, with with the exception of the Atlanta Braves, are in, at least in double digits. You got thirty ga- games, and if you you've only won eight. Well, let me put it this way: thirty games, you got one hundred and sixty-two, so you got one hundred and thirty games left. Uh, at, uh, so every thirty games, you win eight. Uh, so every 30 games you win eight um, So what's that say you you win What 65 games Maybe 75 games somewhere around there Probably around 60 games Somewhere around there Eight, 30 games, another that's 60, that's another that's 16, uh, another 8, 30, that's uh, uh, 90, that's uh, 24, another 90 is 120, that's uh, 32, another uh, 30, that's 150, that's, so you may win 55, between 50 and 55 games, somewhere around there, which is absolutely atrocious. That means you're going to lose 100 games. That means you're going to lose 100 games. Well, damn close to it. Unless you pick it up. Same with uh, the Atlanta Braves in the uh, um, National League East. They've only won seven games out of the 29 games they played. Seattle Mariners, who's sitting on top right now, 18 and 12, uh, run scored 134. Runs against 104. They have the the better the better, uh, and it's not even close. Pitching staff in the American League West. The closest after that is 125 against uh, 124 against, which is the Los Angeles Angels. But they've only scored 109 runs, so they're losing a lot of games. That's why they're 13 and 17. Houston Astros, who every, a lot of people thought would make some noise, well, they better pick it up because they've only won 11 games out of the 31 they played, letting the opposition score 150 runs compared to the 127 that they scored themselves. So the offense needs to pick up, and so does the pitching. Uh, Texas Rangers, who are um, uh, a decent hitting team, has scored 135 runs. And uh, have allowed 125 runs. Sit 17 and 14, a uh, game and a half behind the Seattle Manners. They're if they're if they're um, they're problem, and it's always comes down to pitching, 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 pinch, pitching. All these teams have allowed at least 124 runs. All five teams in the St. except for the Mariners have have allowed 120 at least 124 runs uh, against them. So that means you got to score. Um, if you have 124 runs, and uh, you say you played 30 30 games, I say on average 30 games. So you got to. Um, um, So 124 runs, that means you have to score more than four runs. 
more than four runs a game to win. And I'm just saying on average, we'll say it's an average 124. It could be a little bit more, it could be less, but I'm looking at it now, and I'm saying the average is about 124 runs that each one of these teams have scored against them. So that means your offense has to score five runs to win the game. That's tough to do, game in and game out. That's why the Seattle Mariners are uh, top. They've only allowed 104 runs scored. All the other teams have allowed 124 or more. That's why the Rangers are uh, just a couple, couple, three games over 500. All the other teams in the AL West are under 500. Oakland at 14 and 17. Los Angeles at 13 and 17. And like I said, the Houston Astros, excuse me, Houston Astros have only um, won 11 games versus 20 losses. Because their pitching has allowed at least four runs a game. So their offense has to score at least five runs. Tough to do. Extremely tough to do. All right, let's move on from baseball to uh, the NBA playoffs, where yesterday, yesterday was a very interesting day, a night, day, night, doesn't make a difference, very interesting day. But a simple fact is that... What we thought was going to happen didn't happen. Toronto Raptors went into Miami. The must maligned Toronto Raptors, who most a lot of people didn't think the way, the way they were playing the, the previous series, they wouldn't move on to the second round. Have moved on to the second round. Kyle Lowry was in a funk for the first 10 games, a serious funk, hurting his team, um, came out in a big way when they needed the most. I'm talking about the Raptors, needed the most. Playing in Miami, went to Miami uh, 1-1, series tied, and uh, Lowry came up big with 33 points, uh, which was a uh, godsend for the Raptors. And they came out with a win, 95-91, against the Miami Heat. And to go up in the series, 2-1. And then things got turned around in the Warriors versus the Trailblazers, the the Steph Curryless Trailblazers, who had won the first two games without Steph Curry, but couldn't withstand what took place um, in uh, Portland where they got blitzed by Damian Lillard for 40 points en route to a and this is what a convincing win it's not, it wasn't even close in my opinion <clears throat> 120 to 108 but this is what's going to take to beat the Warriors, a a monster 
effort from Damian Lillard each game to beat the Warriors for the simple fact is this. It's in my opinion. The Warriors have more weapons that they can use. More more um, players starting five are coming off the bench that can give effective minutes, meaning give effective minutes in scoring points and more, more points quite naturally than the Warriors. Then the war, I mean, more points than the uh, Trailblazers. But the Trailblazers have to, have, have to rely on uh, Dam- Damian Lillard to have a big night or day, whatever it may be, to have a chance to beat the Warriors. Each day that goes by, whether they play or don't play, Stephon Curry gets healthier. Now, I said yesterday when I was th- we were talking on the F- uh, FSP show, I thought that the Warriors would beat the Trailblazers in this game quite naturally. I was wrong about that. But I still say that they win this series um, without Stephon Curry. But that if it got close, um, then it would be more of a push to get Stephon Curry into the lineup to to prevent the Warriors from um, winning the series. I still believe that. I still believe the Warriors. I think this is the team minutes of fame that the Warriors have in this game. They knew it was a do or die. This was a do or die game here for them. They couldn't go back home with the first game back home in the, in the uh, two games that they play home and lose this. Because for all intents and purposes, it, the series would be over if, if the Warriors went up 3 no. I mean, three, yeah, 3 no. 3 oh. It would more or less be over. That means the Warriors have um, four chances to win one game. Which, come on. You know, sooner or later, Steph's going to come back. Even if he doesn't come back, the odds are that one of those four games, um, Portland is going to lose. The odds are. So now this gives them a chance. Now, now it's 2 1. The, 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 there's no home court advantage. It's still even. And uh, the Warriors have a shot. They win, they win the next time they play. Um, now it's tied 2-2. Now the bucket sheets get a little tighter because now, it, now it's all bets are off, and here we go. One game at each other's house until it's decided who wins the uh, four, four games to move on to the uh, uh, conference championship. The, the game that they won, they needed to win this game in the worst way, and Damian Lillard came up big time, which he should. He's an all-star. He should have come up big time, and he did. Proof is in the pudding and seeing what happens. If Steph's going to come back in game four, if he's healthy enough, um, if the Warriors not pushing the panic button, want to give him one more game, uh, and, and hopefully they can try to pull it out in Portland, uh, a win, or are they going to push Stephon Curry uh, into the lineup with the chance that he may uh, re-injure or, or hurt himself that much more and uh, hit the panic button and uh, 
it'll backfire on them. It's going to be interesting when they when they do play again. Um, what happens if is Stefan ready? Do they say he's ready, or are they going to sit him one more game? to ensure that their superstar MVP, probably two-time MVP, um, can play um, in this the rest of this series and into the conference championship, and if they are fortunate enough, move on to the uh, league championship. So, very interesting. Uh, I expect the Raptors to come out here, believe it or not. I think they've, they're gaining more experience, more confidence in what they need to do to win these playoff games and uh, big injury that they, they the uh, he'd, he'd have had. So we'll see what happens the next time these two teams meet. Two good, very good, one, one more predictable than the other, but two very good matchups in, in the second round of the playoffs, one in the East, one in the West. Uh, in all tests and purposes, in my opinion, the the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, forget it. Atlanta Hawks, forget it. Um, those, in my opinion, quite, quite naturally, Atlanta Hawks down 3-0. Um, they're packing their bags. They're packing their bags. They, they may have one last hurrah. I kind of doubt it, but they're packing their bags. Oklahoma City Thunder, they're going to try hard, but I think – uh, that that's 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 over with too. I think these two two, two matchups, Raptors versus the Heat, Warriors versus the Trailblazers, are the ones to watch. Uh, the other two matchups, I think they're foregone conclusions. These two aren't. Um, I have a tendency to lean toward the Warriors um, in this one. Uh, with a glimmer of hope for the Trailblazers. But the Raptors and Heat, um, the first two games have gone into overtime. This game uh, down to the wire with a four-point win for the uh, Raptors. I think this is what you're going to see because these two teams match up well against each other. And if Kyle Lowry continues his uh, – it builds on what he did in in this third game. Uh, the Miami Heat, I think, are going to be in trouble. Because you have to think now. Kyle Lowry was hitting 40% or less in the, the first two games. And each game, the Heat and the Raptors went into overtime with the Heat winning. Now, Lowry came came alive with some very good shooting and scoring. And the Raptors win. If he keeps that up, Miami's in trouble. Raptors didn't win 56 games for nothing. Heat won 48, but Raptors can play well on the road. 24 and 17 away, um, even though the Heat are 28 and 13 at home. That's why it's a very good matchup. One team plays well on the road. The other team plays, plays well on home. That's why it's a very good matchup and whether it's home or away with these two teams. Extremely good matchup. All right, we got about 10 minutes left in the show. Talked about Major League Baseball.
talked about the NBA players. Let's talk about a little about the NFL. Rookie camp started, um, and uh, players are getting signed left and right, whether first round, second round, third round, are getting um, signed left and right, which is a good thing. Everybody has their, their pay scale, so it's not like you can negotiate. The last big contract for a quarterback that was drafted first, and one of the reasons why they changed it was Sam Bradford. I think he got over 50-something million dollars, somewhere around there. Um, but that was the last big contract. Uh, now each one of these uh, positions, and I'm talking about skill positions, whether you're a quarterback, running back, defensive back, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, or, or, or what, what have you, all have a pay scale. It's all set. So whether you're the first round pick of a quarterback or the second round pick of a quarterback, you fit into a pay, pay, pay scale. And so there's really no negotiation. It's this, this is what you get for where you were drafted and for what position you are, uh, um, and what uh, position you play. And quite naturally, these teams are signing left and right. They're players because there's no negotiation. Uh, so it makes it good for the team. It makes it good for the players because they don't have to worry about um, holding out or negotiating or anything like that. Let's get this thing signed. Let's get you in the camp. Let's get you acclimated to whatever team you're on whatever position that you play in and get you up to speed, get you playing at your max potential as quick as possible to see if you are going to start or be a backup or even um, get on a 53-man roster. And that's, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, I'd have to say that the, the uh, I think, and, and this is a new thing. Let me let me let me put this too. In the rookie minicamp, a lot of these teams are not putting their players in pads on the field. Uh, for instance, the Los Angeles Rams, Jeff Fisher. Now they can take him out there on the field, but for this rookie minicamp, they're putting him in the classroom, getting to getting them mental reps, getting them um, acclimated to the nomenclature, the, 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 uh, um, what, what they need to do and, and put them on the board, uh, have their coaches teach them on the board, have coaches teach them um, uh, film study and, 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 and the like to get them better acclimated uh, to so when they go to an actual uh, mini camp with the uh, veterans that th- they have a tendency to um, on a player's call, not think, but um, play instinctively. 
not think about what they need to do. Um, quite naturally, this rookie camp is, is not that long. So you have intense time that you take the players, put them in a classroom, like this Jeff Fisher, put them in a classroom with the freedom of a coach to take them out and walk them through certain plays, or walk them through uh, um, uh, what they're supposed to do and where, where they're supposed to be and how, how they're supposed to do it versus getting them out there in pads or, or semi-pads or something like that and uh, uh, with the chance of getting injured um, way before they, they actually start playing with the veterans. Um, this, they're looking for a smoother transition from being a rookie playing in college to some of these players playing from the spread, spread formation or uh, uh, offenses that are foreign, uh, are far and away a lot different than what they play in the NFL defenses that they've made or, or, and their schemes or whatever that they didn't, didn't play in college, but then now they're going to be asked to play in the NFL. So trying to get them ready to have a smoother transition into playing in the national football league. And I think that's a pretty good thing. I, I think uh, when you try to push, and quite naturally, you're going to push them anyway, but especially on the offensive side of the ball. You get these players that these college coaches, all they want to do is win. So, and 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 if any um, um, fat in um, college is the spread offense, spread everybody out. Um, you get the call from the uh, sidelines, the linemen get the call from the sidelines, the, the, the running back gets the call from the sidelines, the uh, uh, wide receivers get the call from the sidelines, quarterback, all he has to do is in, sit in a shotgun, and uh, ball gets hiked, he has one read and he throws to that, versus going to an NFL offense. And I'm talking about all these players, not just the quarterback. Going to in, in, in the NFL offense, having a huddle, calling a play, and then each person, whatever position they're on the offense, having to know their assignments. It's a lot more complicated and a lot more in-depth thinking uh, that you have to have and knowledge that you have to have in the NFL. And uh, a lot of these college players – have to get acclimated to that. So the faster you can get them acclimated, the better they'll be able to to um, uh, show their talents on the field without hesitating or thinking about what they need to do. All right. What I'm going to do here now is uh, give you a couple of um, – um, Give you a couple of promos. I'll come back and uh, find out, wind up closing the show out. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts. Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com 
forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. And listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master tailor, will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. For other informative programs as well, information, motivation, variety. Okay, we are back with about two minutes left in this live show. Um, I just want to reiterate what I had said earlier in the beginning. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the world. I hope you enjoy your day. Hope the uh, your day is an enjoyable one. I hope you um, share it with all your loved ones, kids, fathers, mothers, um, grandparents, uh, aunts and uncles. Whoever, whoever that uh, you enjoy sharing this Mother's Day with, hope you enjoy it. Uh, be safe and, and um, enjoy the family that you're with. And uh, hopefully that uh, they treat you right. Uh, with that being said, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me today. Um, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> And uh, we'll be back next week and uh, with another edition of the Master Plan. Uh, we'll always be here. We'll be talking about the NFL um, as they get closer and closer to um, mandatory camps. Um, Sam Bradford, what are you going to do? Are you going to um, man up or are you going to pout and, and, and not show up? Uh, we'll see what happens in the next uh, few weeks, um, including the NBA playoffs. We'll probably be talking about that. With that being said, enjoy the day. Enjoy your week. See you next Sunday. And uh, remember, treat your mother, treat your mother well. See you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.